Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 40. Hi, hello, welcome once again to your listener to the Curator Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 40. You're probably sick of hearing that by now. If you're a regular listener, you're probably sick of the same intro, but you've got to have some kind of continuity, don't you? I think you do anyway. Thank you for all the support over the past couple of weeks. It's really, really appreciated. Last week's interview was a little bit late, and I do apologise for that, but I'm back on time this week, and I'll be back on time next week, and the week after, and, you know, well, I'm going to try my hardest to keep it on time, but... Sometimes life gets in the way, man, and what can you do about it, you know? On this episode, I have a really great interview with Muncie Girls. Um, this is my third, technically third, sec- yeah, technically my third interview with the whole band. And this time it was conducted in their lovely van, which is great. I actually like recording in vans. Um, they just have a, they've got quite a dead sound inside. Sometimes you get the sound of traffic passing by, but, you know, most of the time, there's no echo or anything like that, you know, so I think you get quite a nice sound. Anyway, spoke to Muncie Girls because they were playing Glasgow with Telson on their most recent UK tour. And yeah, just really informative, engaged people, you know, who, who are, well, get, I've seen a lot of people label them as a political band of late, but you know, they're just a, they're just a great punk band. And I think some of the best punk bands of this great, way of combining politics, personal and other issues and Muncie Girls do that and extraordinarily well I think Our new album from Cat to Bell Size just came out recently and it is pretty good I like the whole pop rock thing got a really kind of cute got a really kind of cool early 90s sort of pop punk pop rock vibe which I really really dig actually I was speaking to somebody about this at the gig and I mentioned it in the interview as well but some of the chord changes progressions I get a wee bit of a manixy vibe some people have told me that I'm a bit mad for saying that. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I'm getting old and I'm just starting to lose touch. I don't know. Or maybe I just love the manics too much. Who knows? But yeah, I definitely get some of that. And maybe you do too. If you do, please come and tell me. If you don't, also please tell me. Just say, Mark, you're a fucking idiot. Why are you saying that? That doesn't make any sense. They're not even influenced by them. What the fuck is wrong with you? Even if you want to say that to me, I'm, I'm cool with that. It's good to know that somebody's listening, I guess. Anyway... As you can probably tell from the title, um, I didn't really talk about this in the interview so much because I wanted to keep it for this wee bit here, you see. I wanted to, I wanted to keep a wee, a, wee nugget of a, a wee nugget of my own thought to put in before the actual interview. As you can probably tell, the title of the album comes from the Sylvia Plath book, The Bell Jar. Um, and 
for me, listening to the album, the way that it begins with learning school and the way that it ends with no recording, it's kind of got a always almost a novelistic flow. It opens with a statement of intent, telling you about t- telling you to, t- to pay attention. Basically, it's all about the things you don't learn in school, but it's almost like a call to arms. It's telling you to wake up and pay attention, or even if you are paying attention, just to be aware of the fact that there are some things that we just we just don't learn in school and I think politics is definitely one of them and the way the album ends as well it ends in another kind of political note about taking action and it almost seems like a good summation of everything that's transpired over the past 10 tracks of the album and it gives it a really nice flow it's also interspersed with personal stories as well which for me makes it a pretty affecting record and I enjoyed it very much hope it's going to crack right into it after I play a song from the records this song is called Gas Mark 4 
which is awesome. I've only interviewed, this is the third full band I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah, I usually just do like one or two people. Um, so this is this is good. I, I like the whole band vibe, it's nice. Um, so how are you guys doing? Well, good. Good, thank you. Yeah. How's the tour been so far? He says yeah. try to make up some time while he gets his questions <laughs> out. <laughs> it's been good. It's been, um, it's been pretty chill, actually. Super chilled. So this is, this is obviously not our first rodeo. So well, um, as how's it can be compared to other tours? I don't usually ask this question. By the way, I'm going to ed- probably going to edit this out. But <laughs> uh, it's been pretty different actually because we've been trying. Well, we we're like trying to not drink and stay super healthy and super hydrated and eat loads of fruit and nuts <laughs> and nuts. Yeah, yeah. We've so been waiting been to crack open this mango. <laughs> you can't see that because it's <laughs> on the podcast. But there's quite a big mango here. Yeah. Um, Why? Yeah. Why a mango? You can't see that either. But, oh yeah, um, that makes one sense. One pound reduced to ten p, and that's a bargain. Why not a mango? So why so healthy, guys? Why yeah. not? Actually, why not? Yeah. We've got like loads of tours coming up, and we're like, let's just look after. We're testing the longevity you know? of touring. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing if it's realistic. Mm. So we don't want to just like be hospitalised by the time we're twenty-four or something. So twenty-four. Yeah. Where are you guys? Well, actually, Lucas, twenty-four. 24. But we're twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. I made it. <laughs> um, right, so this podcast, I don't know if you've heard it before, but it's about passion and creativity, which is such a vague and wide thing to say. Um, but I like to start off with origin stories, so not just the origin story of, of your band, which you guys have already spoken about in other reviews anyway, but I guess individually, when did you first realise you wanted to be musicians? Luke, you've got a good one, haven't you? Have I? I've heard yeah. some really embarrassing ones, so you can. There's nothing you can say that's going to be particularly I don't bad. Think, do I have a good one? Well, just how young you are. Yeah, I never. I don't remember, like, when I first wanted to be a musician. I don't know if I ever made that choice. I just, like, I started playing. My dad made me a little, like, drum kit out of pots and pans when I was, like, three years old. And then I started playing drums then, and then never stopped. And then played guitar <laughs> at school, and then just. Yeah, started playing bands when I was in like middle school, and then realised that was the only thing I was good at. So just carried on doing that, carried on rocking. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever actually thought, oh, I want to be in a band. I just ended up in a band, and yeah, I don't. Does anyone actually think that? I just thought I just like played <coughs> bass and that, and and liked bands, and then ended up doing it. I don't think I've ever thought. Oh, that would be a great thing to do. I've always thought it was a kind of stupid thing to do, but I just sort of carried on doing it. <laughs> like, in my experience so far, a lot of people can either pinpoint it to one particular moment or they've maybe had music in the house and they've decided it seemed logical to do it, or for an own my own case, it was a particular song, which is why I like to ask questions. Everyone's answers are usually so different. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of mm. why I like... There's probably, like, defining moments where I was like, I want to do this, like properly, you know, rather than just playing, like, bands with my mates here and now, I want to do it and do, like, kind of nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably moments like that just from seeing other bands. I remember going to see, like, The Bouncing Souls when I was 15 and, um, yeah, my brothers having to sneak me into the venue mm. and, like, seeing them because I just loved that band and that was, like, one of the first times I was like, I want to do that and just play shows like that, which probably will never happen because <laughs> they are... Very good. Yeah, but you got to have something to work towards. But, yeah, exactly. That's that was uh, that was a one moment I can remember. 
that's interesting because um, I would I would imagine that um, for a lot of people they kind of look upon becoming a musician as being like a hobby thing. And then I was going to ask, like, when did you guys decide to make the jump to... I mean, because you guys have done a lot of tours, you know, and that's not something that, that... You've got to make a conscious decision at some point that this is something you're going to drive for. Does that make sense? Mm. Sort of, but I think it's quite... It's one of those things where, like, as soon as you try and do it like that, it will go wrong. So I think we're avoiding trying to actually, you know, make it that sort of thing. Like, we just think of it as, like, each tour as it comes and... Yeah, because I think that's what keeps it fun as well. As soon as it becomes like this sort of project, you know, in a sense, it just becomes like a little bit tiring, I suppose, and a little bit like if you put if we put too much into it, I think we'd just be let down at some point. But at the moment, it's it's really just super fun, and that's why it keeps going. I think. Yeah, I think it's like it's the most opportunities we've had to do what we want to do. So rather than having some master plan, we're just trying to make the most of each opportunity and like yeah if tour comes up like yeah we'll do that or like let's just try and keep like evolving as a band and to not really think beyond six months yeah and it's quite funny as well because we've already done so much more than we ever thought we would and every time we get offered something like that's even better we're just like what this is crazy but it's like yeah it's really funny and yeah it's great I don't think that sense of surprise ever goes away. Like, oh shit, someone's asked to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's totally. amazing. Like, I can't imagine what that would be like. It's just why I'm doing a podcast, because I'm trying to, trying, to, trying, to, trying to figure out what it would be like, because um, that's not how I see my life going, you know what I mean, despite the fact that I'm a musician. Um, but one of the reasons I ask about creativity as well is because choosing to be a creative person, even if it's not a choice, is a, it's a weird thing to do. Um, and it kind of comes back... It was... Like, the first song on the album is about things you haven't been taught at school and you're not taught creativity at school either yeah you know it's true so that's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to bring it up as well because it's like another we're not taught politics or anything like that either obviously but we're not taught like the last thing you're taught is creativity as well because it's like, kind of all in the same kind of vein of like well it's not going to be a location so yeah kind of useless exactly yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely a weird thing I don't think I realised that I was an actual creative person till I was till I started writing songs because when I was younger and I used to like I used to really love art and and play music and stuff but I could only ever like copy pictures or copy songs um, and it wasn't until I actually wrote songs and then I started writing lyrics and stuff that I realized oh maybe actually I am quite a creative person and like then I realized all the things that I have been creative in in the past and then sort of continued with it. But for for ages, I thought, I know that I do creative things, but I'm not a creative person. And then when I kind of realised that I was, I think that was really, like, that was such a great feeling. And then that's something that's inspired me as well to keep doing a band. Because mm. it's like a constant outlet. Mm-hmm. And because bands are, like, popular, like, being in a band is something that, you know, you can do and people always like bands and I love bands. So it seems like a really kind of safe outlet for creativity. Speaking about bands, when I was listening to the album earlier on, I was coming in and I'm probably biased by saying this, but I heard a lot, of, I have some influences <coughs> for the Manny Free Peaches, is that a thing? Am I making that up? Mm, well, that's a funny one because <laughs> that's I, a direct influence. I, I used to, I used called, to love, I used to love Manic Street Preachers mm-hmm. when I was really young. My brother really liked them. Um, but I've never... I've never actively t- 
tried to sound like them or, or anything. But yeah. yeah, I definitely used to listen to them when I was younger. No one's ever said that to us yeah. before. No, it's a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to break new ground, man. That's what yeah. I'm all about. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Thanks. You're um, so let's talk about that album. You were sitting on it for like a year. What was that like? Sorry, what? You were sitting on the album for like a year. Oh, what, yeah. What was that like? Um, <laughs> it was over a year, yeah. actually. Just over. Um, it was actually fine. Like, I I thought, oh, my God, that's so long to have to wait. And it did kind of suck cause we wanted people to hear it, but, like, we were progressively doing stuff towards the release that whole time, you know? So we weren't just sitting around being like, oh, six months left. You know, like, we were, like, planning it and, like, getting it all ready and still touring and that sort of thing. At the beginning of that year, wait, we were like, how is this even possible? Like, we're not going to be able to... We're going to hate the songs. But then it was weird. Like, we didn't realise that we'd be doing so much other stuff, like, towards it. Like, we just definitely didn't realise that would be a thing, Mm -hmm. that we'd actually have stuff to do. So that was quite good, and that was a nice surprise. So I thought we were going to be, like, just, like, completely lose interest, but somehow we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's weird that you didn't lose interest because I think I would have done so I guess we thought we would <laughs> yeah. but then yeah it's weird yeah, a year didn't really seem that long and I think we've been a band for so long anyway it's kind of just a fraction of the time we've been a band together and also it was a good period of time I think like yeah. getting everything ready and stuff it was really exciting because loads of stuff was going on like towards it and it felt like like there was a real build up like and, and as well like we were releasing songs for like since I don't know, maybe, I don't know, a few months before the album came out, so people were, like, hearing a song, like, every few weeks or something. So, yeah, it was cool. Have you guys been happy with how it's been received? Yeah, yeah definitely. Totally. It's been, yeah. It's, it's wild. I literally <laughs> thought no-one would care. Like, I thought, like, our friends would care, and that's about it. And then, yeah, like, it's just really weird. Like, loads of people seem to be into it. Which is just crazy because I I totally had, I had like limited amount of faith in it. <laughs> I thought I, oh, I knew that I liked it and that we liked it, and that was about it. And so yeah, I don't think we really had many expectations. Yeah, I say that now and it's it's pretty awesome. Um, I, I like it a lot anyway. That's my opinion on this podcast. I'm not going to Mars guys. So. <laughs> well, <thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so a couple of interviews you've done before because I do some research. Because you don't want to get asked same fucking questions all the time. It's totally, yeah. totally, totally boring, man. Um, you were saying that um, you just kind of changed some of the lyrical focus to be a bit more upfront. Yeah. Than, than other than your older stuff. Um, what was that like? Was that con- did you make a constitution to that? Well, you must have done. Um, but what was that like making that choice? Well, I don't know really because I thought I've always been. I've always written like. I'm always, like, really scared of of being, like, of writing clichéd lyrics and also just saying the same things that everyone else says. So I never wanted to be too upfront about topics and stuff. So I've always tried to, like, dodge around... Not dodge around stuff, but, like, say it in a way that would be slightly kind of cryptic or something. Um, But it turned out that no-one got it (laughs) and that it was too vague. So, like, like, there's a few... There's a bunch of, like heavily political lyrics in like a lot of our songs and no one ever picked up on it um and then I realized that to kind of speak to more people and also people aren't gonna like look into lyrics because that's not something that many people are interested in so I thought fuck it I'm just gonna actually say it like 
as you would sort of say in a conversation and um and yeah actually people did pick up on that <laughs> so it was really cool but like i think at the time I, I was worried that it was cheesy um and like really obvious and i'm still am worried about that but i think it was kind of worth it in a way um but yeah it definitely it was it was a learning curve because i realized that that's what people respond to um so yeah it was kind of yeah it was a bit worrying in a way like i thought oh this could just be hideous and we'd lose like any sense of credibility if we had any to begin with but yeah it seems to have gone all right people seem to have responded really well to it as well i guess it's one of the things that your band gets more popular you can have that like a position to say something to yeah more people. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah, it's, it's a bit of pressure but it's really exciting as well yeah yeah so you're happy for that to continue then yeah for sure yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like when someone you know picks you out of a crowd and is like well what do you think about that and then half of you's like, oh my god, please not me. And, and half of you's like, finally, like, I can say what I think, you know? So that, yeah, it is really cool. But yeah, definitely. I think that's like, for me, I know, like, I write the lyrics, but for me, that's my favourite part about being in a band is like having a platform to actually sort of air some views and also just like realise how I feel about things. Like, it's not until I actually sit down and write a song that I kind of realise half the things that I thought. So. So I think it's the same in anybody's creative process when they're unpacking it. They don't really realise what they're saying until, like, it could be months or years after the fact that you've kind of said something that maybe speaks to you quite profoundly, even when you're older, but it didn't at the time. Does yeah, that make yeah, sense? Because yeah. um, we'll one, one thing I was kind of wondering as well is um, you've got um, you guys, because you've been getting kind of, obviously, more press and stuff like that, um, a lot of people have been sort of maybe saying you're kind of a political band, which, if you listen to the album, and you listen to lyrics and album, that's, they're not all political songs, because it would be, I think, I love I love bands like Anti-Flag and stuff like that, and I've, I've interviewed Pat for this podcast, but I think after a while, if it didn't like a completely political album, it's kind of like, oh man, I get it, oh, fuck it, I get it, right? Just yeah. stop, yeah, yeah. stop shouting at me, please. Yeah, <laughs> I also think with, with, um, with things like that, not to criticise at all, because I think they're a great band and stuff, oh, and, and awesome, not them, yeah. but like, um, you start to only play music to the people who already agree with you. <clears throat> Whereas if you kind of can draw people in with like um, more popular topics like relationships and stuff, and then suddenly they're introduced to like certain political ideas, I think that is actually going to spread a little bit wider just among people's viewpoints. So you can be right wing and know what it's like to fall out with someone or to fall in love with someone, and then suddenly you might be having to hear some kind of lefty politics and maybe you question yourself a little bit not that that's like a, an intention to do it but I kind of like for me that would be why I'd listen to like a band more if they were kind of half political half personal it's just I guess a bit more relatable and like you said it's less tiresome maybe one thing I was wondering when I was listening to the album as well is when like I've asked a musical question but can you remember when your when your play call awakening was and obviously that's for everybody it's not just Andy but Right. Yeah, we we were thinking about this before. I think. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I think when I, I think I was like, it went in stages, so different parts. But I remember I was sixteen when I started listening to punk bands like the second time round. I listened to like Rancid and stuff when I was like ten years old, but I didn't really do anything to my political views. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, just because like I had the older siblings and stuff, but. When I was 16, I started to really um, started to realise that like racism was a big issue, and then and then 
I was about 17 when the Tories got into power, so that was like a big talking point among our like friends and stuff. And then I was 18 when I got into feminism, so it's kind of gone like it was in stages, I guess. But I think everyone just goes through that stage of life where you can't you can't avoid it because like you get older and things actually affect you. You know, everything like around you affects you a lot more. You know, when you're a kid, you can kind of just get by a bit more like not thinking of anything and it's I think everyone hits that point in their life where you're like oh okay like these things do affect me and the people around me and I need to be more aware of what's going on and I think that's just rather than for me rather than it being a significant moment like I think yeah like you just get to that point in life where you're like oh okay I need to be a bit more aware and you naturally it kind of naturally happens Mm -hmm. you know where you feel like you need to look more into stuff and you need to have your own Opinions and your own thoughts, and look into like avenues of people who have similar thoughts, and you know, kind of have your own like input on it. I get. It's, I think it's, it's cool when that happens. Well, not cool, but I always find it kind of startling that that kind of political awakening. The same kind of thing happened to me when I was in my teens. It also happens at the same point where like you're emotionally very like an open wound, so it kind of ties in. Like you feel it really deeply. Mm. Yeah, you know? totally. And a lot of people do that, and then they kind of. They fall into life and they get a job and it's like oh well I can't do anything about it so yeah why, why bother anymore yeah but I think it takes it takes a certain kind of person to keep going to keep plowing that furrow and kind of going well actually no we should keep caring about this because we have to yeah because you don't then someone else may not mm. and it's mm. like if you feel that deeply about something you need to like not just settle you mm. know because everyone who settles doesn't change anything does it like. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to, like... It's hard to remember how you felt about something the first time you realised... Or the first time you, like, noticed an injustice or something. But, yeah, I, I, I've i noticed a few times recently when I've seen, like, issues raised around, like, sexism and stuff. Sometimes if they're a little bit obvious or how I first, like, got... Like, how I first became aware of stuff. If something happens like that and I see someone reacting, I kind of think oh yeah like well yeah obviously and I need to like fight that because that's how I felt like when I first got into it and like it, it but it is really hard to go like well yeah don't we all know that that's an issue or you know and so it's like I think it's like takes a conscious effort to actually remember that you know those things that you first felt are still there but yeah you do you just settle into like whatever else you're doing and you just kind of forget that first feeling of it one thing I've noticed is when I've gotten older and people I've went to school with and stuff like that as well, it's like people, as they get older, they do tend to care less because they... Not because they get apathetic about the world, but sure, that's a big part of it. Um, but also this, this huge thing of, like, well, I don't want to be around anybody or anything that's different. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, sure. And being in a band kind of keeps you getting involved in those kind of circles of like meeting different people who have yeah. who have different opinions and who maybe don't agree with you but still like what you do or maybe love what you do and stuff like that you know? <clears throat> um, it's interesting about the sexism thing as well because I found I, I find myself the opposite of that I, I have to keep I keep uh, I keep picking it up more and more as I get older I think that's probably because I went to university when I was a, when I was a bit older when I was 24 actually <laughs> and uh we did like uh, we did feminism and film theory and and uh, and in English and Scottish literature, literary theory rather, and it's, that was so affecting to me. And that was like a second wave for me almost of like, like from being apathetic to going, oh holy shit, there's like, 
was like this as well. Like I'd never really, never really thought about it too deeply before. Mm. Obviously, you deal with those lyrics, deal with those sort of sentiments and, and those experiences in your lyrics. And have you found people like reacting to that in, in positive and negative ways, or is it mostly positive? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally all positive. There's like there was one guy on Twitter. I don't know if you, if you saw that, but he absolutely kicked right off. But he huh. was just trolling like Twitter. But yeah, that I was surprised. I thought someone might say something, but no. I guess we're just, you know, the only people listening probably already thought that. So I kind of want someone to kick off a little bit just so that we know that it's hitting people that maybe had contradicting beliefs in the first place, but apparently not. <laughs> I guess when you keep doing bigger tours and, and playing with bigger bands, you're more likely to come into contact maybe, yeah. with that, <laughs> you know. Um, I think that's just naturally going to happen. Um, yeah. And that's good. I, I like a good political I like a good debate. When people take it personally, you can like, come on, like we're talking about intellectual issues here. Don't be a dick. Yeah, you know? it's but, good to like. Yeah, the whole point, isn't it, is to like make people ask questions. It's the whole point, isn't it, for people who maybe don't agree to talk about it and not in like a you know you're right or like I'm wrong, whatever kind of way. It's like let's talk about it and sort of then people get more I don't know more aware of different ideas. And then everyone can be a little bit more diverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's good that you said that. Because I was thinking about this recently as well. It's like I think people tend to like to get into those kinds of arguments, but ultimately don't go in with the with the, the sort of thesis, I guess, in their head to, of like I'm open minded enough to change my mind. Mm. They kind of get into it. And it's kind of like well, you you know after like like I don't know like two sentences just kind of like well this person's not going to change their mind so what's even the point yeah like what's even the point of talking to this person about this and that's why they started the conversation yeah. to argue yeah just to get up on your face about yeah. you know some stupid issues which is kind of I've talked way too much in this podcast yeah. <laughs> I hate talking about myself yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the worst thing ever <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to my questions although I think I might have covered a lot of them um, yeah I guess one of the things I probably should have said there is like ultimately you know, what you're doing is exposing people to hopefully exposing people to ideas that they've never never come into contact with before mm. which is I guess I don't know do you guys, do you guys think that's, that's true? Well, I hope so but it's hard to know really I think yeah. the scene that we play in at the moment everyone's quite aware because like issues do get raised and they do get resolved and like I think everyone feels a certain sense of responsibility to sort of educate other people and also like speak out if there's some kind of you know if there's something wrong is said or something mm. um so yeah I don't know if I think at the moment like you like you were saying like maybe it will spread to people who don't sort of share that but I, I don't know there's no way of telling really yeah. is there mm. Do you, I mean obviously the scene that the, the punk scene that we're all in I guess is it, it does obviously promote inclusivity but I got a lot of punk shows and I still see a lot of guys there. Do you think it's still? Do you think it's still? It's obviously still an issue. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I haven't. Um, there hasn't been another girl so far on this tour playing. Um, I don't know if that will. Hopefully, there'll be a girl in the band the next few days. But yeah, I think that that's definitely an issue. And also, like, it's one of those things where I imagine that mo- like almost every guy in the audience will know that's an issue. Um, but they don't know what to do about it because it is like hard. Like, what can you do? Um, but I guess just invite 
you know friends that are yeah. girls and try and make an effort to do that but but yeah that that's totally an issue but that's kind of like a it's quite a passive issue isn't it because no one's like confronting you they're just it's just sort of like a visible thing really but there are lots of girls in the audience as well and lots of girls say that they like the show so it's hard to feel negative about it that's true yeah i i think that I've come to the conclusion that I've gotten older as well that it's probably up to the responsibility of guys to actually say something as well about yeah. it, you know, more yeah, openly. Definitely. You know, I think a lot of guys don't because it's just like, well, it's always been guys here, so like, yeah, you know, it's, we can't change it now. It's like, well, no, you kind of can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same as just like, well, it doesn't affect me, so yeah. you know, why yeah. bother? Which I understand, but it's not yeah. a very responsible. Plus, a lot of guys don't even think about it; like, it doesn't even cross their mind because it's normal to them. But. I guess that's yeah. What it's about is making them realise like, oh yeah, it is all just guys here. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of worrying to see that kind of yeah. just totally goes right over their head. Yeah, still a lot of things to fight against, I guess. Mm. Which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring the fight. I'm going to wrap it up now. I think. Um, do you guys get anything else you want to say or any anything you want to ask me Ooh. before before finish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. Um, has anyone else got anything to ask? Any questions? Or say, or statements to make. What's your favourite cartoon? Ah, good question. I've been watching Harvey Birdman, Eternal Law, recently. Have you watching Harvey Birdman, Eternal Law? It's um, the Hanna Barbera, old Hanna Barbera cartoons, like um, you know Yogi Bear and all that, and and Birdman and Johnny Johnny Quest and all that kind of thing. Well. In the early 2000s, um, some guys decided to make a TV show based on a Hanna Bar- There's a Hanna Barbera cartoon called uh, Birdman and Friends. So this guy was like basically bird, half bird, half man. They decided to do like an adult version on an adult swim, and it was um, Harvey Birdman. So the Birdman became Harvey Birdman, and he became like a lawyer. And he, he does like cases for stuff like the Jetsons and uh, Yogi and Boo Boo, like uh, Boo Boo Bear's like a, a bomber and all that kind of thing. And it's just totally bizarre, but. Brilliant! It's so funny. It's got Stephen Colbert in it. He plays one of the guys, and uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's all on YouTube as well. It's hilariously funny. I just thought you were going to say Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You should, check, you should definitely check it out. I think it's really really oh, good. Yeah, well. we will. Yeah. We'll it's get only it in the ten van. minutes long per episode as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty much laughing, I think. <laughs> um, I, need, I need to ask you guys now. Like, what's your favourite cartoon? <laughs> Never no, it will sound really before. lame now because you've what given a really good answer. I don't well you might hate it, so it might be a really shy answer to some people. I like um Arthur. I was gonna say Arthur. Arthur. Such but, a good theme tune. It's yeah. pretty yeah. sick. I used to love the fairly odd parents. Yeah, that's good. That's that was good, that was good. I used to embarrassing it. I used to really love Dragon Ball Z when I was younger. Oh no. Mm. I had no. a little phase on that, but I wasn't into that. I had a big, big phase. Loved it. Super embarrassingly, I used to love Woody Woodpecker. That's not embarrassing, I used to love that. <laughs> really? I, I don't think know what that is. Woody Woody it's a really annoying <laughs> thing. Was it like CBBs or whatever? Yeah. 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 I, I really liked uh, Hey Arnold, I loved that when I was growing yeah. up. That was, yeah, good. That was, that good. was good, that was great. There was loads of great ones, wasn't there, yeah. back in the day? Recess. Recess was amazing. Yeah. Was that yeah. on like Disney or something? Um, I think it was on Nickelodeon was or something, it? maybe. Not sure. I never had like cable or Sky TV when I was growing up. I didn't have any of that. Just no. like on ITV or BBC. I was like, that's all <laughs> yeah. that. After uh, school. No, Recess, <laughs> Recess used to be on Sundays on um, Dig ITV. It. ITV, yeah. Did it? Dig It, that programme? Huh. Dig It? No, it used to be on that. Generational barriers. Mm. I do remember SMTV though. Like. Yeah, SMTV Live <laughs> as well. <laughs> 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 I don't know. What happened to Cat Dealey? Where did she go? 
Isn't she like well famous? Cattle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she did. She has yeah disappeared a little bit. She's got yeah. kids and stuff. Yeah, but like she's always on Instagram a, with her kids. Taking a back seat. She's not going to America. I think. Don't know. Really? I think so. I, mean, I might have just made that up. All I all <laughs> I've seen is people liking her photos on Instagram, and it's just like, just you know, playing with her kids on Instagram. So I figured cool. maybe you should just get them paid for that or something. Yeah, just <laughs> paid to be paid to have kids. Yeah, yeah. this sounds a bit perverse. Actually. Thank you very much, guys, for cool. talking to me. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I always get a bit, I always get a bit funny about interviewing whole bands just because it's hard to write questions that that can go deep when it's two, three or four people. But I think it turned out okay in the end. I, I certainly enjoyed the interview and I think it, I think we got some really cool information out of them. Really nice, engaged, switched on, politically switched on people and I like that a lot. It appeals to the, it just appeals to the, the political dude in me, I guess. Did I just say the word dude? Fuck. It sounds so weird when a Scottish person says the word dude. I apologise for that. I apologise for any offence or damage that may have caused. It's kind of horrible to think about now. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please get me over on Twitter. It's at the Curator Pod. And if you're on iTunes, I would really love a rating and review. I'm going to play you out now with a song with another song from the record called Committee. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.